applicable to so many things in life. Just full smile, but full dead behind the eyes. Totally. Yeah. It's like he forgot what happiness is, but he still has the muscle memory to smile when it's appropriate. <laughs> we're talking about a picture of Damon that all of you are going to see because we're going to put it on the Instagram. <laughs> yes. That Sylvie flagged as, yeah, just truly the face of someone who is completely dead behind the eyes. As are we all. He's not dead. He's deadened. That's right. Who else is feeling deadened these days by life? Let's be honest, most of us. <laughs> most of us. Which is why us. we turned to Shark Tank. Which is the perfect segue into <laughs> our very first segment, which heightened a suicidal ideation in me to a degree where I... <gasps> think I should call my psychiatrist <laughs> oh my Dr. Pretzky you're gonna get an emergency call no everyone it's fine I'm fine um you sure but that? well Alyssa after learning about influencers in the wild the game from entrepreneur Tank Sinatra Tank Sinatra <laughs> I don't think I am fine you know I was gonna say that there were multiple incidents in this episode where the entrepreneurs came in with a low dollar amount and it made me so happy mm. that in the year of our Lord 2023, mm. BCE, that, you know, as we're approaching the recession that we're not allowed to call a recession, they call it <laughs> a soft landing. We have to call it a soft landing. <laughs> in this year of just our, our life has become a soft landing. It just feels good to have an entrepreneur come in and be like, under keeping it a hundred under a hundred k, and right. then we have Tank Sinatra, who does the opposite of that. Right, Tank comes in asking for five hundred thousand dollars for ten percent of his asinine, asinine board game about influencers, and I think that is really representative of like. LA influencer culture yes. as a whole. It's just, it's funny because, oh, we're going to hear the fan sound again because as I expected, Poppy just barged into the room <laughs> and here's that fan sound. Let me go close the door. Oh, look at this a baby. Even the assumption that this is an interesting enough culture for people to want to do a whole themed board game about. And then on top of it, there's the $5 million valuation for this, which again, we can we can go into this. This is a board game from the supposed influencer Tank Sinatra, where it's like a Monopoly style board game, and you're just oh my god, she's making so much noise. She's being That's so okay. annoying. Look it's at her. She's so cute. I don't even care. She could come bark directly into the microphone, and I would allow it. Oh man, she gets away with so much. So in this game, you basically just pick up different cards. You everyone picks an influencer player piece, and they're actually cute. One is like a dog. One is like a yogi. One is a, you know they're all the all those typical influencer prototypes and then you just pull cards and it's like you got canceled lose five points or like or f followers it's not points it's followers mm. and then you just kind of make your way around the board this game is just Candyland reskin yes, there is I nothing that requires any mental prowess it is not a game that I would ever play more than once maybe not once yes yes I fully agree and you know you know, Mason and I love a game. Of course. You love, you love a game. Eric yeah, loves a game. Yeah, me too. We love a game night. Um, I would never play this game with our friends. And at, at one point, 
he tries to compare it to Cards Against yeah. Humanity, and he forgets that, like, I don't love that game, but when it came out, it was definitely, like, new and caused some, like, interesting hee-hee, yes. naughty giggles amongst adult groups of friends. Like, are you yes. seriously comparing yourself? I know, I know. <laughs> and that, that game, game also requires brain cells. It requires you. It does. It's funny. It's as funny as you make it. And obviously the cards themselves are funny, but but he is relying solely on the hilarious humor of these cards that are like, I don't know, I feel like an, an AI bot could have written them. I mean, first of all, it's kind of uncomfortable that he is an influencer and he's trying to like rag yeah. on influencers yes, because like totally. the call is coming from inside the house, my <laughs> friend. And also like he brings out this model who mm-hmm. is a very stereotypical influencer. And at one point in at the end of his sort of opening pitch to the sharks, he's like, "Okay, honey, that's enough. You're distracting the sharks. Go into the green room and take selfies. Mm-hmm. The lighting's like, really good back yeah. there." And I was like, "Ew. Like are are you kidding? Like we're yeah. ju- we're actually treating this woman like she's a bimbo and then as she right. leaves, he's like, "Oh, she's actually a really successful influencer." I'm like, <laughs> on her way out after like basically doing the verbal equivalent of patting her on the ass. Yes. So demeaning, so demeaning. And it also begs the question of, like, (laughs) who is this game for? Because it's not for influencers. Yeah. No, it's it's, not for adults, but, like, what? It's ostensibly not for anyone because he's only sold (laughs) 1,500. And he is in 1,900 stores. And then he sort of backtracks and it's like, you know what? I just said 500,000 for 10. And it's like, that's not cute. I had the same thought. That's when I got like <laughs> even angrier watching this. <laughs> because it's a, it's a different story if like you are fully delusional and you are de- you're convinced you're going to get a deal and we're like, eh, like that's fun. Yeah. But yeah. this guy knows he's not going to get a deal and it was just He's not making this game as like a wink and a nudge and a haha funny to his influencer friends. He's not making it in an earnest way where you actually get something out of the game. It's just this kind of like gross cynical commentary on an industry that he has profited from. So yes. Yeah. I find him gross. I don't yeah. like the way he treated that woman. Yeah, I don't either. And I would never, ever play this game. I, I do wonder um what his day rate is, just since we often have to work with quote unquote influencers slash content creators. I didn't look at his follower count, did you? That's a good Tanks, question. Good news. Three million. I mean he's probably pulling 90k day rate i actually feel like his day rate is probably to be in like some sort of sponsored videos lower than you would think because a lot of his content is stolen regurgitated yeah stolen. regurgitated yeah. and so i wonder i do wonder like i don't know that's true that it's not really it's not really things. a personality driven now this segment did have one redeeming quality about it which was we got a first look at Lori's neck piece. Oh my God, I wrote, I on this segment, I wrote, I'm noticing Lori's necklace. 
it truly looks and maybe this is just because I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins lately which is like the Egyptian (laughs) ancient Egyptian (laughs) Assassin's Creed but it truly looks like she kind of shimmied down into the base of a pyramid and found a secret (laughs) room full of like a trove of treasure and then only had sort of like a string and so was putting all of these clangy gold around her neck sacred artifacts around her neck and then she had to tie it around her neck in order to have her hands free to kind of clamor back up do you think when she stood up to congratulate some of the entrepreneurs they they just cut away before the pas had to come on either side of her to like help her stand up i do um so needless to say no one bites tank leaves the tank thank god uh and then we we sort of get a season 14 recap of like some of the best of the greatest hits in the successful companies that have arisen tell you what i didn't see in that season 14 (laughs) recap was Tangent ski bikes. Tingent. <laughs> yeah, watching this this sort of victory lap of clips, and no offense to the uh, underpaid assistant editor who put them together, <laughs> uh, it really felt like when you're watching, you know, like your nephew's uh, yeah. sort of like, like school year presentation. Yeah, yeah, from the end of the school year. Right. Or like right. a grad ceremony video of like all the kids graduating fifth grade this year. Yay, season 14. Good job, sweetie. Season 14. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Where's your poppy? Poppy's <laughs> like, yay. Oh. Uh-oh. Poppy's You're also online. happy for season 14. She is happy. She is happy. Um, and we're happy. And we're mostly happy that we don't ever have to hear about influencers in the wild ever again. Amen to that. <laughs> Break time. Mm-hmm. This next segment put me put me back on the side of, of wanting to live. Yeah, no, I agree. This this segment was life giving. <laughs> As opposed to what Tank Sinatra had to show us. Spiritually apuesto of Tank Sinatra. Yes, Why don't yes. you tell us a little bit about Ashley? Ugh, I would love to talk about Ashley. So Ashley has a company called Tones of Melanin. Um, she comes in with a full-ass marching band. Mm. Um, and they're all wearing sh- sweatshirts and, and merch advertising HBCUs, historically ba- black colleges and universities, and her company, Tones of Melanin, is an apparel company that is like really cool um, apparel for a variety of HBCUs. Um, it's like she has these like really dope like reversible basketball shorts and like satin jackets and just like merch that is ten thousand times cooler than what you would see in like a college bookstore. But has like you know the she has licensing from like forty HBCUs, um, so it's with their official logos and all that stuff. It's not like knockoff kind of stitch. Um, and she has the line of clothes, and they look so cool. Mm. The fact that most of her outfits, I just have to say, most of her apparel is reversible, was a thrill to me. Mm-hmm. That's two pieces mm-hmm. for the price of one. I could absolutely see you rocking. Uh, one of those jackets. Yes. I would love one of the more like rain jacket types. Like the half sip windbreaker. Yep. I the want anorak. the half sip. I want the anorak. I love these clothes. They're so fresh. They're, They're so bright. <laughs> Perhaps unsurprisingly, 
much cuter than any college yeah. merch I've seen from any non-HBCU. <laughs> Sylvia and I also like went to the like schools with the absolute least amount of school spirit probably in this great nation. And the worst is- colors. The only school merch I ever repped because I would never spend a dollar on it because I'm sorry, all of the other dollars are going towards paying the college, um, would be like Columbia merch that I got from rowing, which like t-shirts and sweatshirts and shit. And Columbia's color is light blue. Do you know how unflattering it is to be in like a light blue onesie? And a light, a light blue lion. There's something so yeah, it's so creepy about that. Lame. It's so lame. It's very, it's giving, uh, you know, Blue's Clues. And what was NYU was purple? We're purple, mostly just purple. Uh, and NYU is the Fighting Violets. So I got you beat on that one. Okay, the Fighting Violets. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They apparently historically used to have. A mascot running around, and supposedly this is true, in a green onesie with a big purple flower head on their head. And that was the mascot. And the mascot got beat up too many times. And so they were still the the fighting violets, but the mascot is now a bobcat. And the reason that our mascot is a bobcat is because our library is called Bobst, B-O-B-S-T, and has a catalog, which if you access the intranet, is called Bobcat. And so instead of being named for the flower that graces Washington Square Park, we're named for a library catalog system. That is tough. Because it's tragic. It's actually kind of metal to have a girl running around with a giant flower as a head. Yeah. Like, yeah. I actually, I'm coming around to that. I think I that's wonder very if, sick. I wonder if the pendulum is going to swing back. So needless to say... Our schools did not merit. Our schools are also, notably, not HBCUs. No. um, But otherwise don't merit a tones of melanin (laughs) apparel line, which is a tragedy. Um, But yeah, but I mean, Ashley is doing pretty, pretty well. She's actually, she's, she's running the whole show herself. In addition to designing everything, she was like, she's been designing clothes like since she was like, nay higher than a pig's eye and she has handled all the licensing from the schools that allow it uh and you know she's doing pretty well they've made 3.3 million dollars to date since 2017 um and they made 1.4 million dollars last year and they're making like a 25 percent profit yeah they're doing quite well and ashley reveals that she does not pay herself a salary yeah once again, the sharks are like, oh, good for you. You know, that's Ugh, yeah. kind of the sign of a true entrepreneur. And she's kind of like, yeah, I've been kind of staying with like friends and family and I have a really supportive mm-hmm. network. But it's like, you should not you should not be having to run a business that's generating $3 million yeah. and not have your own place. Like that, what a shit system we live in. She has an answer for everything. She has a great quality product that is, like, priced well. Mm -hmm. It is popular. People want it. There's a demand. She has a business plan. She's locked into these relationships. And yet she's still having a tough time. It's just, you know. But but things are looking up for Ashley. A couple of sharks do go out quickly. Lori is out because she says it's not her thing. 
Damon, I was like, this is an obvious. Yeah, I agree. Damon because of FUBU, but he says he has a conflict of interest. She didn't seem super surprised, so I think that she went in kind of expecting that Damon wouldn't be able to. But yeah, yeah, Kevin also goes out. uh, And then Mark is in. Mark is still in. He... You know, she Ashley was asking for three hundred thousand dollars for for five percent, which is bold. Um, and Mark offers her the three hundred thousand dollars for fifteen percent, and they meet in the middle at twelve. I texted you this earlier, but I am back on the Daddy back. Mark Cuban train. Yeah, <sighs> and it He's feels good. He's back, back to being a mensch. He's back in our good graces. <laughs> yes, and shouldn't he be grateful for that? I was gonna say, I hope he hears this episode. Mm-hmm. Mark, we know that you listen to Hey Chums and know that we support you and we want you to keep this positive momentum up into season 15. Yeah, keep us going through season 15, Mark. Thanks so much. All right. Break. I just had to jump on the record button because Sylvie just really went through something. (laughs) Where I was like, Sylvie, what should we just go on hiatus until season fifteen comes out? And she was like, Yeah, let's get this this episode out. And uh, you know, if if something strikes over the summer, great. And if not, we'll just resume at the end of the summer. And I was like, Sylvie, it's August. It's August. Summer 15. happened. In my mind, like finishing a season of chums feels like it should happen when school winds down yeah sure yeah no i i get it and it should and again we were thwarted by hulu i can't stress that enough otherwise we would have had these episodes out to you months sooner in may which sylvie thinks it still is speaking of tucky we i knew this was going to be a fun little time though because we have entrepreneur Brooke seeking $70,000 for 30% bless of her company. Brooke. God bless. So Brooke kind of saunters out with this brunette model, and they're talking about how, you know, the newest trend is a crop top. It's cropping your tops, but who wants to take a pair of scissors mm-hmm. to a top and kind of permanently alter it? Enter the tucky, which is basically just like a um, like an elastic band that you put around your waist and then you sort of fold your shirt up into. And the entire time she's talking, she has this brunette woman next to her. And Mason's commentary. Hannah, Sylvie. Her name is Hannah. Hannah. Her name is Hannah. I'm so sorry. Hannah Erasure. Uh, <laughs> Mason, Mason's comment when he was watching this was, I feel like the blonde woman abuses the brunette woman. <laughs> And I thought that was a very astute observation because it really does seem like Hannah, poor Hannah's going to fuck the demo up one little bit (laughs) and Brooke is going to go back and just eviscerate her. Here's the thing, though. I I gotta say, I agree with Babs. I find myself once again agreeing with Barbara that it's a trend that will go away and... I hate to say, it already is going away. Like, crop tops were getting big in 2020. We're three years past the entrance of the crop top into the fashion lexicon. We're moving into Y2K now. Like, what? Here's a note that I put verbatim in my notes. 
Babs says it's too trendy, but I disagree. <laughs> no. But I think that just speaks to my complete disconnect from fashion and all things trendy. Like, I, I, mm. I legitimately, like, have no idea what's trendy. But I think, I, I guess you're right. When I start to notice a trend, that usually means that it's on the, we're on the other side of it. <laughs> we're in the denouement. Um, so actually you saying that, because I was like, I feel like crop tops are in. I'm just starting to buy crop tops. But you saying that is helpful for me because now I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's they're not in anymore. Well, I love a crop top because, and I'll keep buying them. I don't, I don't care if they're off or on trend. Uh, just because I feel like it works well with my body, certainly yeah. better you, you than really the. You really rock a crop. Thank you. I mean, I certainly like it more than the ultra low rise jeans that were popular when I was a middle schooler that are yeah. making a comeback. Yes. Okay. Michelle told me last week that the low rise jeans are making a comeback. Mm. And I was like, great. Cause I never threw mine away. <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever, I think I came out of the womb with an ass <laughs> that couldn't fit a low rise pair of jeans. We're having trouble delivering your baby, Kathleen. Her ass Her is ass too juicy. <laughs> it's the biggest ass we've ever seen on a newborn. <laughs> it doesn't, it simply doesn't work. Like physically, the physics, it's mm-hmm. not even like, oh no, I feel mm, immodest. I feel uncomfortable. It's like, right, no, it just that shit, work. it doesn't stay up. It's like, yeah. I need it to be attached around my waist, not, sure. you know, Your the hips. top of my pubic hair. Yeah. It's, but low rise, when we say low rise, Alyssa, I'm unfortunately talking about like, Remember when... Like when we were 12 and 13. Yes. Remember okay, when okay. Abercrombie would sell skirts that were just like three buttons yes. long? Like yeah. that's what we're starting Yikes. to look at. And it was at. just like hip bones out yep. on full display. Yeah. We're talking OC season one. Oh boy. Okay. Buckle up, baby. To be fair, it's exactly like that fucking luggage strap we saw yes, a couple of weeks exactly ago. It's exactly the same, Sylvie. It's the same product. Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know why you couldn't just kind of take, well, I don't. Yeah. I, listen, it, can, could any of us do this pretty easily with like a sewing machine and like a stretchy luggage strap? Yes. Will some people pay $30 retail for this? Yes. Here's another thought I had. Does it get sweaty? Like, do you Probably. have to wash it? Probably, like, that just, yeah. It seems like one of those clothing pieces that's just like, okay, you're gonna be gross. Like, your yeah. destiny in this life, like a sports bra, is just yeah. to, to be gross. I have, like, a bra extender for when I have, like, a low back top, and it's just gross all the time. Right. Well, however, um, even though, you know, she's, <laughs> she's only really made, well, in the last 60 months, she's made $60,000, which is, like, Okay, uh, but it's it's enough to sort of interest some of the sharks. Mark is out, Lori's out, Babs is out, but Kevin offers forty percent, offers the seventy thousand dollars for forty percent when she was asking for thirty, and Damon matches it. So they both he see does. some potential, and then she counters at thirty nine percent with Damon. With Damon, and he takes it. Yeah. She was like, this is so endearing. This is, I felt like the most relatable part of this entire segment. She was like, I just really didn't want to lose Damon. Yeah. I was like, girl, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I wrote, I could see this woman being a real housewife in a few years. She has that look to her. 
But like Ooh. a good one, like not you know, like she's you know, comp- she's a competent businesswoman. I could see her being like a less evil Bethany Frankel. This is accurate. No, I'm ooing because it's like I hadn't thought of that, but now that you're saying it, it's it's all clicking together. The, mm-hmm. the puzzle pieces are falling into place. Yes. Did and then like, what would her tagline be? I don't know. Probably like the only thing I'm not cropping is my cash flow. Oh, Alyssa. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Me too. What city do you think she'd be in? Spiritually. Probably. Like in Orange County? Yeah, my first instinct was Orange County. All right. Well, Brooke, see you uh, around the Bravoverse. <laughs> see you there. Say hi to Vicky for us. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right. See y'all soon. <laughs> I Iris is gonna gotta be in my top five worst names for a business. <laughs> it's Iris. So bad. Guys, guess how Iris is spelled? E Y E W R I S. I A A O R I S. Iris. It it looks like a Lord of the Rings name. It it actually does. Iris, son of Aowan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, fortunately, Iris. We ended this episode and the season on a quite a wholesome note. So Iris, despite these the horrible fucking name, um, actually proved itself to be like a cute little a cute little company. Yeah, and I was very wrong about it going in. Um, I immediately, for some reason, just assumed like as they were walking out and seeing sort of like the display that they set up, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this product is going to be expensive and. Mm. They're going to be annoying. They're going to be asking for like 500K for 5%. Like the goggles, guys. Right. I think that's actually what I was thinking of. And I was Mm -hmm. so wrong. It's, I mean, it's shocking to see something in the eyewear space that's not a bajillion dollars. Right. And with a, you know, a relatively modest valuation of uh, $500,000. They're seeking $25,000 for 5%. And they being Mark and Kenzo. Right. A very adorable father-son duo. Kenzo is an engineer, and we learn that Mark is like a <laughs> he's he's kind of quiet for the first couple yeah. of minutes, and then we find out halfway through the pitch that he is like a legendary and super successful legendary guys. He invented gorilla glue, and he's in- just like living high off of the royalties from that. He is a high school dropout yeah. woodworker. So immediately I'm like, I love mm-hmm. this man. Mm-hmm. I love Mark. He's great. We, we fuck with Mark. And he dropped out of high school. And then he like invented all of these products and brought Gorilla Glue to market. And the sharks are like, okay. Like, yeah. holy like, shit. Cool. And you can like, in retrospect, Mark is, you know, he's like a very modestly dressed, like older guy. He's got white hair and he's got like a little like, page boy cap or whatever but if you look closer it's like oh he's wearing like nice clothes like this is a this is a modest but very wealthy older man right it's kind of the old saying like what is it money yells wealth whispers yes exactly like mark is whispering mark is whispering and also then for a second i was like "Uh uh-oh are we gonna get the sob story of like i i created gorilla glue but then i got cut out and they're like what? Nope. How are you doing? And he's like, "Oh, I have a royalty on each one of my successful products. Like, I'm I'm doing quite fine." Yeah. Which explains why he and 
Kenza are off to such a good start, despite the, again, god-awful name. And so so basically this was, like, I think mostly Kenza's invention. Um, and it's it's just a pair of reading glasses that you can put on your wrist, slap bracelet <laughs> style, um, and, like, walk around and, and live your life with so that you're never in a situation where you don't have your reading glasses with you. Although I will point out, you will be in a situation where you don't have your reading glasses with you if you don't put this bracelet on. That's true. I had the thought that my mom would go nuts for these. I'm so confident. Oh, really? Which, but here's the thing. It looks fine, but it's not like cute. Like, would your mom wear that? Well, she is a very stylish woman, exactly. but she's also someone who didn't need glasses her entire life or contacts. Mm. And then she turned like 50 or whatever, and suddenly she like couldn't right. see, and right. she had to get glasses. And now, like many people, I assume, who have never had to wear glasses or contacts is constantly misplacing them because like yeah. she's not going to wear them in a gross little you know old necklace around her neck and she's active and she's on the move so i think give iris a couple of years and a couple of you know designers on their side and we're coming out with a prototype that fits kathleen craco's taste you're right you're right because kenzo is coming at this from like an engineering perspective and so and it's something that is very um it's 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 very functional and it's cute enough that it's not hideous and it doesn't look, and it looks fine when you're wearing them. They don't have sides too. They're like Morpheus glasses. Um, and you know, they're for short-term use. You're not meant to be walking around wearing them, but I, I, I totally hear you. I think with a little bit of injection of capital, a few more years, they bring in some designers and suddenly these things are gonna get real cute real fast. Yeah. And so it's so interesting. You can kind of feel the energy in the room change when they realize that mm-hmm. Mark is an extremely it's successful so entrepreneur. The emotional stakes plummet. Yeah, it gets it gets cozy in there. Yeah. Everyone is comfortable. Like, oh, you're rich like us. Yes. Oh, you're a friend. Mm-hmm. This is how rich people talk yes. to each other. So true. There's just a comfort. There's a familiarity. There's kind of a like, mm-hmm. this matters, but it doesn't. Right. And... So he wins them over with that. Kenzo doesn't have to say a damn word. Not a thing. Not a thing. And then the sharks are like, okay, buddy, friend, pal, you're one of (laughs) us. Like, why do you need our help? And Mark gets kind of choked up and he says, I don't need your money. I need your time. I don't have it in me to build another company. And he basically says he just wants to make sure that his son is set up with like business mentors yeah. of which money cannot buy and that he sees in the sharks. And like yeah. this was the ultimate, ultimate reverse Uno card to play oh, yeah. on the sharks. Instead oh my of God. instead of them making someone like sort of think about their own purpose in life, he's forcing the sharks to confront their own existentialism and purpose on this planet and the shortness of their lifespan. So we cut to Lori and she is sobbing. She is in an emotional tailspin. (laughs) They're they're like, they start to kind of go on and are like, oh, that's really touching. And then like Kevin is like, Lori, are you okay? (laughs) And she has big tears just streaming, streaming down her face. 
because she's thinking about her own death for the very first yes, time. Yes, exa- exactly. I don't know that they've had like a literary foil quite to the degree of Mark <laughs> in the tank in this way, where it's someone who's fully reflecting back at them, success, royalty, mm. comfort, yes. wealth, but is like, I'm, gonna I'm not, I'm going to die at some point. I, I'm not going to be on this planet forever. And so I need to start thinking about the legacy and the, the people that I'm leaving behind. And it was, it, you could tell it undid her. It's really just like there is a pre-lapsarian tank of this Mark and Kenzo pitching their mm-hmm. eyewear that goes around their wrist. There is a post-lapsarian tank. And <laughs> once Lori has consumed the knowledge and confronted the reality of her ultimate end, Yes. Of which we must all face and go right. through. Right. No one escapes death in this life. There's a there's just a change. And this is like where I feel like future scholars of Shark Tank could really dig into some psychology happening oh, here. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will also say I laughed so hard because as Mark is telling this big emotional story and Lori starts crying and talking to him, there's like this welling of sort of this like big strings orchestral <laughs> moment. And then there's a big evil music shift when Kevin offers 50K yeah. for 10%. Yes. Yeah, I don't know truly. if you noticed that. Well, it's funny because Lori ends her emotional sort of, you know, cathartic speech by saying that she'll do the deal for 10%. <laughs> Businesswoman till the end. Yes. Yeah. And, that, and then that's what triggers Kevin swooping in and being like, well, I'll give you twice the amount of money for 10%. <laughs> And then it's like, yeah, man, something that has sparked a fire in all of these sharks because suddenly they all want in and they're willing to figure out some deal that includes all of them on this admittedly small company. So we now have every single shark interested in what came in as a 5% for $25,000 steal. And so they sort of kick out Mark and Kenza so that they can do a little negotiation um, and then bring them back in and say that they want to do, they'll give them $125,000 for 25%. So effectively, same valuation, but now just they're splitting up the 25%. They come, Mark and Kenza come back with 20% and they're willing to do it. So it's a, it's a incredibly wholesome end to to the episode and and to the season. I I want I want to know how they like how they managed to curate that. It does seem very confusing. I am happy mostly for Kenzo who has five new mommies and daddies. Um yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know though. I kind of am like do you want that many bosses cuz let's be real, you may own most of the company but like you answer to Mark right. Cuban now. Right. You pick up the phone every time any one of them calls, and all of them might call at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we've discussed before, there's nothing that ultra-rich people like more than operating completely <laughs> on their own time. Yep. I do wish the best for Kenzo. I think it's a fun product. Yeah. I like his dad a lot. But it was good. It was, it was a feel-good end. Yes, um, I agree. Very nice to a good season. Um, And so for the last time for season 14 until, you know, the summer goes by and uh, we find ourselves in season 50 months from now. In eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvie, 
Which one are you taking home for this finale? I mean, you already know what I'm going to say. There's one answer to this. It's Tones of Melanin. I get it. There's, And I'll probably, the next time I smoke a little weed and I need to do a little retail therapy to relieve mm-hmm. the absolute you know, dissonance and looming <laughs> terror I feel living in this body in this time, I'll do a little shopping on Toads of Melon and I'm sure I'll blow through $120 for one of those fucking jackets. Which um, historically black college or university are you going to go with? Ooh, I mean, I've always admired Howard University as Yeah, I feel like Howard is probably the go-to. It's a classic, but I wonder if they have Spellman on here. Ooh, God, all of these designs are so <laughs> cute. Yeah, I'm picking one of these. I'll have to get back to you on which one because they're all very, very cute. Uh, yeah. What are what are you doing? Sorry to take I mean, the, the best option. <laughs> no, it's okay. Given what's left, uh, probably Tucky. I bet I would use Tucky. You know, since I, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we're at the beginning of the crop top <laughs> phase of fashion. Um, so I'm just going to ride that ignorance buy a tucky and probably crop my tops for the next five to ten years look fashion is whatever feels good on you and you're not on that stairmaster you're not playing those soccer games to hide those abs that's true crop that top until you die i hope we're in a nursing room together (laughs) tucking and when we're 97 i hope we're tucking until we die yeah those think about how stinky those tuckies are gonna be by then oh yeah well we won't replace them ever no 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 (laughs) well talking about our future time in the senior home does feel like a great way to cap this season in august it does in August. So stay tuned because in a couple weeks we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it won't be long. I just like to think that we're giving our loyal audience a consistent show You're year right. round. You know? You're right. It was intentional. It was on purpose. All right. I don't see a premiere date, but we'll, you know, we'll check the gram. Peep the gram. We'll let you know. We'll be back soon. We love you all so much. And thank you for another wonderful season. Hags, everybody. (laughs) Hags. Love ya. Bye.